you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com events. LAS Studios. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to an episode of How to LA. We're trying something new and keeping it simple, but cute. Social calendar. I have my fellow LAS host, Antonia Cerejido, in studio. Hey, Antonia. Hi, Brian. Today, our special guest is Samantha Helu Hernandez, who is the LAS visual journalist. You might also know her from her Instagram account, This Side of Hoover, where she documents gentrification near East Hollywood and other communities. Hey, Samantha. Hey, thanks for having me. We wanted to do something fun on How to LA because we're always bringing really cool things, issues, people, communities to spotlight. Um, but we also have some knowledge about the city ourselves. And I feel like the one thing that we always gravitates towards in our personal conversations like what you do this weekend or like oh my god your weekend was so much fun so it's just a way to share what's going on in the city and really anything that might inspire you to connect with LA and its people today we're going to start with your event Brian what uh what did you get up to so um this happened recently I went to the Broad Museum for the first time ever don't shade me please okay <laughs> and I went for a story for How to LA. Um, we went to check out this exhibition that's all about LA artists or LA-based artists. Um, the title of it's called Desire, Knowledge, and Hope with Smog. And our producer, um, Victoria Alejandro, was like, hey, there's this new exhibit at the Broad that we should cover. And I'm like, I'm so down. Um, and I'm just like, once I get there and the press preview portion of the speeches like end and you're able to walk into the exhibit I'm like okay this is zen this is what I wanted to do in the morning I loved being in a space that was so creative but also very like political like you have mm. to check out these pieces from these folks they're LA based artists essentially that include John Baldessari whose art piece buildings guns and people desire knowledge and hope with smog influenced the exhibition's name there are other artists that include Larry Pittman Catherine Opie and Patrick Martinez which I want to talk to you guys about um I had this interaction with Patrick at the exhibit. Um, he has a great installation at the beginning of the walk there. It's essentially a mixed material mural that sort of, you know, has this like homage to Los Angeles. What instantly stood out to me, it had like a 213 area code in a corner. And it had like textiles from Mexico, neon and tile work that reminds me of La Cita. I'm sure both of you guys have gone to La Cita. Of course. I mean, I, has Samantha gone to La Cita? I did my grad school thesis on La Cita. Okay. And you can find it on KCET. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's such a, a, a staple, right? Like La Cita is a bar in, in downtown Los Angeles. It's been around for... You tell us a little bit more about that, Sam. It's been... I mean, the building's been there since the 1800s. Um, it's been a bar since, I believe, the 60s. And then actually a Russian-American person took it over 
in, it must have been the 70s or early 80s. And he kind of noticed that um, Latinos didn't really have like places to gather mm. and like congregate. And he saw like a market essentially. Wow. So then he actually ended up um, owning a lot of Latino dance halls and bars around downtown. Oh. And he would have different musicians that would like tour around the different Oh venues God. and bars and La Cita was one of them it was a smaller one compared to like these, these bigger dance halls that he had and then in 2006 when the new owner took it over he kind of wanted to like honor its aesthetic because it's very like kitschy there's brass rails and Christmas lights and red tiling um, but the new owner kind of like decided to you know keep the keep the aesthetic and honor it um, but like bring in younger Latino acts. So for a while, it was really like people called it like the Latino CBGB. It was like mm. a really one of the only places as a like indie Latino musician that you could play because this was before other venues were booking these acts. So it was very like formative, I think, for art artists in L.A., Latino artists in L.A. And also every night had like a different theme. So it really bridged all these different communities. And that's kind of what I talk about in my thesis. It's like beyond, how do you look at one bar and look at it as like a microcosm of the city? That's totally. so cool. I feel like most people who are homegrown or have been in LA for a while know of La Cita. But, you know, going back to like Patrick and his art, which was prominent, I'm like, I could feel the La Cita vibes coming off this mural. So I did end up speaking to Patrick. I interviewed him. Um, you're going to hear more on How to LA later on in another episode. But I wanted to ask him like what it meant for him to be this homegrown LA artist doing this exhibition at the Broad. So, yeah, I, I spoke to him. This is what he had to say. I want the work to speak to the people that are living here and the in-betweens, right? Those cities, the El Serenos, the Alhambras, the San Gabriel Valleys, El Monte. I want all that to be represented in the work that I'm making. And that represents the people in it too, right? Because the places and the spaces that I'm pulling from, you can't deny it. I mean, there are people that are like kind of making this place unique. And I think that's the most unique part of the Los Angeles. Hollywood is just an industry that is here and it's interesting, but for me, that's not my, that's not my reality. And for a lot of people that live here. How does that make you feel like that, like reality of LA for him? And does that reflect what you all feel in the city? I mean, yeah, my, I, I live in city terrace. My parents live in El Sereno and I actually, you know, sometimes I don't know how you two feel about this, but like, I feel so honored to be a journalist in LA mm -hmm. and not be part of like Hollywood because I feel like there it's like the storytelling engine that isn't the stereotypical industry and I, there's so many beautiful stories in Los Angeles and I spent a lot of my journalism career in New York and I just feel like LA it's like a dreamier place to be a journalist. I think um, Patrick really is inspired by like the vernacular of LA as a lot of current Latina um, and black and brown artists in LA right now they're really like reflecting the city back to us um, and a lot of artists right now in LA are doing are doing similar things where they're inspired by like sign painting in LA and like you know like Latino urbanism like the way people build like little um, shrines to like La Virgen de Guadalupe like mm -hmm. all those little things that like maybe people don't realize are so significant I feel like they're taking and like putting them on a pedestal to show like this is like LA culture and it should be celebrated and represented within the museum space. Yeah. And by the way, that our show goes from November 18th through April of next year. So if you want to check it out, just go to thebroad.org and your tickets because you do need tickets to enter the exhibition. Um, it's free, but you need tickets. So go check that out online. Um, and I want to turn to you, Samantha. Your event 
is like art exhibition, but also moment, but also like party. So I went to an event called Family Party. It was put on by cultural consultant and creative producer Anita Herrera, who grew up in Huntington Park and bridges um, spends her time between L.A. and Mexico City. And the event was really an ode to L.A.'s backyard family parties, which if you've grown up in Southern California and Latino communities you've probably been to one you know that you recognize the canopies the plastic tables with the covering the recuerdos the centerpieces that you take home at the end of the night there's usually like a taquero or carne asada banda comes in you know those are all kind of like it's like the anatomy of the backyard party um and it, they're really formative and it's it's where you know like families celebrate you know everything from like a bautizo to like your quinceañera um so Anita really wanted to honor that and highlight it as like an art piece you know like how can I create this party but it also can be like almost like performance art in itself and really elevate these things that are nostalgic and really formative for a lot of Latinos in SoCal and and elevate and put, put it on a pedestal so people can really like appreciate their own culture. In early November um, Anita Herrera brought it to LA um, and it was in a like outdoor space actually at Soho Warehouse which at first I was like Soho mm, Warehouse yeah. but it actually there's like a courtyard that they have and it, there was a bouncy house that I jumped oh my in god. I felt like a child again <laughs> so, like, at a Soho <laughs> event oh my god you know I was at the bounce house I was dancing banda it was just like it was so warm um, and it was cool to see just like seeing the, sh- the the evolution of LA nightlife, like I was saying with La Cita, like there was a while where there was only these certain spaces or certain parties that you could kind of like feel represented with as a Latina in nightlife. And now it's just really like expanded and blown up. And to see like Soho Warehouse right. putting on an event like this or, or a, you know, holding space for it was just really cool to see. I'm jealous. I wish I had gone. <laughs> same. same. Was I was fun. out of town and I was like, damn. We missed it, Brian. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish, rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we got to hear your portion of the fun activities in L.A., Antonia. What do you have for us? Earlier this month, I went to go to the Academy Museum to see their new exhibit featuring the work of John Waters. It's called John Waters' Pope of Trash. And it's like this very interactive multi-room exhibit showing all the different sort of like tchotchkes and scripts and like ephemera from John Waters' films and some like clips from his movies. Hi, I'm John Waters, coming to you from the Academy Museum in Los Angeles with this huge exhibition. 
The entire fourth floor of this massive building is dedicated to my films. Brian, you famously don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't. I, and when you told me you're going to talk about him on the podcast, I'm like, should I Google him? And I sh- maybe I should have. <laughs> you still don't know? Who- I still don't know who it is. So John Waters, he's a cult filmmaker. And he's made movies that I'm sure you've heard about, Brian, like Hairspray. Okay. You've heard of that? Yes. Um, but also other films like Sam mentioned, the iconic Crybaby. Pink Flamingos is one of my favorites. It's truly disgusting. <laughs> Um, Female Trouble is another really good one, and they often feature uh, John's best friend, Divine, who is a fabulous drag queen. Wilbur, it's the times. They're a-changing. Something's blowing in the wind. Fetch me my diet pills, would you, hun? And when they first started making their movies, they were like... Also, I I want to make something clear. It's not even just, like, that they were outrageous then. They're outrageous now. Mm. If you watch Pink Flamingos now, it is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. I don't know if we were allowed to say this on the radio, but there's like a scene where like a guy is like singing out of his butthole. It's so gross. It's a podcast. You can see whatever. (laughs) It's like, it's like, and it's like disgusting, but it's so interesting because John Waters has like made a career out of like making these gross films, but with like such a sense of humor and like irreverence that you like, and he's also very polite. Mm. And so it's like this very interesting, like, on the on the cusp of good taste, but like joyfully rejoicing in like things that people find taboo. Um, and I, when I was fifteen, my mom got tickets to go see him live, and randomly we were in the front row. And at that point, I had only seen Hairspray. That's probably his most famous movie. It was like okay. his first like rated G movie, and. I was like right under his nose and I was, you know, when you're 15, like he said, he said things that night that were like, only have sex with people who read books. And when you're 15 and you hear something like that, you're like, that's the most sophisticated, hilarious thing anyone <laughs> could. Like, yeah, that's what she took out of it. Yeah. I don't, but like, it's just like you get this like, I don't know. I just remember being, I was such an awkward, nerdy, like. I went to a high school that was like all blonde Mormons and I was like this like hairy Argentinian girl. And there was something about seeing this like old gay guy who clearly was like having so much fun and who didn't belong anywhere that I remember just like really resonating with. Mm. And it like, I don't know, he kind of opened this avenue of like another way to be, um, to like enjoy the differences and to and to have like fun with it and have a lot of sense of humor. And so I've always been a, ma- a huge fan of him and his movies. And... Um, I went to go the, to the exhibit, and the exhibit is incredible. The John Waters exhibit was like 10 rooms, wow. and it was super expansive. And the first room is like, it's like set up like a church because he was raised Catholic and like has like the characters from his films as like, um, as uh, saints in the, in the, in stained glass windows. And then, and then you can see scenes from the films. And then you go in and there's like a timeline of his life. And then they, there's also like all the outfits from Hairspray. There's like, it's incredible. So there's like a bunch of like cool like knickknacks. And um, then I got to speak to him about the exhibit, which was like super moving because I love him. And he talked to me about how he's like always worked in Hollywood, but he's never lived here. But he always liked going to like... He has his own Hollywood star that's next to this like old bookstore that does like film history and he would go read about film history. And like there was like this place where like a lot of like the prostitutes would get their outfits and he did a lot of his shopping for his films there on Hollywood Boulevard. The store doesn't exist anymore. So it's just like really fun to hear him talk about like his experience over the years here in L.A. Um, 
But the exhibit is really lovely and I highly recommend it. And it's still open. It's still open until August 4th. So that's great. Yeah, Yeah, I want to go see it. It's great. What is your hot tip if you're trying to go to the Academy Museum? I also haven't been to that museum. So maybe I need to like go to the museums first and then tape this podcast episode because (laughs) I'm a fail of an Angelina right now. No, I also think... I think that's like the cool thing is like you can be an Angelino your whole life and not have gone to these museums and then you get to discover them. So we have the Broad with the exhibition's name. By the way, it is Desire, Knowledge, and Hope with Smog. Hey, Smog. Are we still a Smog City? <laughs> hey, Smog is killing me. Brian, hey, what? Smog. <laughs> What's up, Smog? <laughs> so um, that's that's exhibition at the Broad. Um, then we have Diaspora Dialogues. Yeah. Um, I I don't know when the next um, iteration of it will be, but I would definitely follow Anita Herrera on Instagram. Her handle is at Anita Herrera um, underscore. underscore. And then last but not least, John Waters Pope of Trash at the Academy Museum. So hopefully our listeners walked away with something new and fresh to do for the weekend. And if not, send us an email and be like, feature this or go over there. Um, We love to feature and go over. Hit us up at how to LA at scpr.org. Alrighty, y'all. Thanks for joining me today in studio. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Brian. Great. Hasta luego. That's Antonio Serejido, host of LA Studios podcast in Perfect Paradise, and Samantha Helu Hernandez, the visual journalist for LAist. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Thanks for listening to How to LA. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, y'all. We will be back here tomorrow with some listener tips on where you can get outside. This episode is produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other team members include Erica Washington, Monica Bushman, Evan Jacoby, and Megan Botel. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.